0: you know this drill. On Monday, you're going to start a detox. You've got all the supplies and your debit or credit card just took a hundred dollar hit minimum. You rationalize that you won't need that grocery money because you're not going to be eating much, but that pep talk won't put money back in the bank. But this time you're serious. And then Monday comes. You line up the supplies, you guzzle something gross, you grab your gigantic water bottle and head into the day. Why are you already feeling like quitting when you just started? Because this is hard work, you tell yourself. You talk yourself into making it into bedtime and you're excited when you wake up the next morning to a gift on the scale of a lighter body weight. Who cares if it's water weight? It's gone and that's what counts, right? Hmm. Well, motivation kicks into high gear, and before you know it, you're refusing food left and right, feeling like a pro, and you're so proud of yourself, and you're trying really hard not to judge all the wild eaters around you. Before you know it, you've finished a whole week of your deprivation program. The problem is, it's not sustainable. And then someone brings something irresistible into your airspace. Oh, no! You waver, and then you wobble, and then you're just going to have just one bite. A few days and a lot of bites later, you're right back where you started, and maybe even worse. And to top it off, you feel lousy. What happened? You had a fight with self-indulgence, and self-indulgence won. Self-indulgence is about more than food or restrictive dieting. It's actually the opposite of disciplined living. Thank you for joining Keep the Heart for today's podcast with Francie Taylor. Francie is an author, teacher, and conference speaker. Sharing lessons from the Word of God is her passion. Now back to today's important study. Keep the Heart routinely covers topics about the issues of life And discipline is an issue in life, and it's one that's in Scripture. It is addressed. And so this is not fluff or filler here. This is really just trying to be a help. According to Merriam-Webster Dictionary, the definition of self-indulgence is excessive or unrestrained gratification of one's own appetites, desires, or whims. So in other words, you just don't tell yourself no. Self-indulgence has lots of indicators. Here are some signs you may be struggling with self-indulgence. You have an income, but no money because of your spending habits. Here's another one. You repeatedly complain about your weight, but you keep eating things that are great for packing on the pounds. Or how about this one? Arriving late is your trademark for almost everything because of poor time management. Or maybe you're allowing yourself to be moody, And you just expect people to deal with it because that's just who you are. Or maybe you're taking poor care of your health and you're making excuses for it, but you seem to keep having to go to the doctor all the time. Self-indulgence is self-inflicted bondage. You are in prison and holding the keys at the same time. Living like this makes life less enjoyable and so much more stressful. We don't realize it at first, but the self-indulgent life seems like it would reward us, but it actually robs us and enslaves us. This tendency to do whatever we please was born in the Garden of Eden, and it's been an easy trap ever since. What can we do about it? Let's consider three starter suggestions, and then it would be best for you to go and spend some alone time with the Lord in prayer for more specific direction. You know that we're all unique, and while we may have many common struggles, God can put his finger on our particular weaknesses and help us to overcome them by his power and might, not by our own. Here's the first suggestion for escaping the bondage of self-indulgence. Tell yourself no or wait and then obey. Your body is struggling with submission, but submission of the will is essential to developing a disciplined life. This truly is a biblical temperance issue, and God wants us to possess that vital fruit of the spirit. In fact, in Second Peter chapter one, we see that temperance is included in a list of characteristics that we are instructed to add to our faith. Listen to the passage, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. Temperance was in the list of adding to your faith as item number three. First we're instructed to add virtue, then knowledge, then temperance, and then patience. The order of the list does make sense because you really are going to need patience when you're learning temperance but it also talks about godliness. This is so important. Practicing temperance is a lot like gardening. Hard work pays off with a good harvest. Since temperance is a fruit of the spirit, if we try to live without it, we're going to allow ourselves to engage in behaviors that are harmful to us and possibly others as well. It's also important to note that the list found in 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 5 through 7 says to add these things to our faith, which means you're ministering to yourself and improving your own spiritual health. The word add also means to supply or furnish. When you're training yourself in temperance, you have rewards for doing well and consequences for doing poorly. God wants to work on us in all areas, and if we're yielded, he can transform us by the renewing of our minds, as it says in Romans 12. Where the mind goes, the body will follow. A mind that is yielded to God wants whatever is best, just as God does. When we see things the way God sees them, it affects our behavior in a beneficial way. Which area in your life needs more discipline? Ask the Lord to forgive you for ignoring his will for your life, and then yield to him in humility with commitment. God is never trying to do something to us, but he is always trying to do something for us. Temperance is for our own good. The second suggestion for escaping the bondage of self-indulgence stop giving temptation easy access to your life romans thirteen fourteen tells us this: but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfil the lusts thereof. It reminds me of a saying that I saw on a plaque in a store once, and it said, "When fleeing temptation, don't leave a forwarding address." How can we outsmart the flesh? Because the flesh is so demanding. I like to call it the toddler in the adult body. By taking away the provisions. This is how we outsmart the flesh. This is how we have the victory over the flesh. The word provisions means to supply. If you're supplying a way to fulfill any lust, you will become a slave to that lust. Here are a few common areas where we tend to make it way too easy to fall. A person who wrestles with time management shouldn't have social media apps on their phone. Put those on your computer where you have to plan to go to them or where you have to set aside a time. It's an invitation to squander hours of time when you put things on your cell phone that are going to addict you to them. Technology addiction is real, and if you make it easy to access it, you can count on losing the battle of staying off your phone. Technology doesn't abuse the user. The user abuses the technology. Or what about this area? If you have a tendency to overeat certain foods, don't stock them in the house. Imagine those foods as bullets for a gun aimed at destroying your health and quit buying the bullets. Or maybe you've been a chronic overspender. It is so unamazing to have a smart watch and the best cell phone and a closet full of clothes, but no money in the bank, let alone in your wallet. Stop providing easy opportunities to spend without a plan. These are just a few common examples of how to stop supplying the flesh with easy opportunities to knock you off course. And finally, a third way to escape the bondage of self-indulgence is this. Remember that we are not our own. Listen to this passage from 1 Corinthians 6 verses 19 through 20. What? "'Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's.' Our body is God's. Our spirit is God's. We are not our own. This life is not ours to live in any way we please.' Our bodies are not ours to neglect and abuse. Even our very spirits are not our own. They are God's. Have you been doing your own thing with no regard for how the Lord would prefer to have you live? When was the last time you asked the Lord what he wants you to do, rather than making your plans and then praying, God, please bless my plans? That's not really asking. It's telling. Have you been taking poor care of yourself, alternating between being good in air quotes and then grossly abusing your body with poor sleep habits, horrendous eating habits, and other forms of neglect? Or have you been keeping your spirit on a starvation diet, reading your Bible only when you feel like it? Well, what if all physical food disappeared on the days when you didn't read your Bible? Would that change your Bible study habits? I bet it would. Self-indulgence robs us of blessings that God intended for us to have while constantly seeking pleasure and enjoyment at the cost of discipline. When we're living just to gratify our appetites and desires, we eventually find that our appetite can't be satisfied because it's not God's plan that we have self-gratification. God has a much better way. He literally wants us to learn how to govern ourselves always with the goal of magnifying the Lord. It's a personal management issue to develop discipline, and it is a biblical issue as well. The passage from First Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27 reminds us that this life is a race that we're running to win, and this running requires mastery. Listen to these closing verses. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things, Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. God wants us to master temperance in all things because he knows that it's the very best thing for us. The self-controlled life is superior to the self-indulgent life. Self-indulgence takes. Self-control gives. You've been listening to Francie Taylor. For more from Francie, visit KeepTheHeart.com for devotionals, Books and the popular Bible study series ICU in Christ Unconditionally. ICU is flexible by design and encourages users to develop the habit of daily Bible study. Visit keeptheheart.com today. Thank you for listening.